Radio Frontier. Let's now give it up for our sponsors. They are the one, the only, the top dogs in town. If you ever need to deal with car insurance, you've ever had an accident, you need a claim, listen, these are the guys that you need to contact. I'm going to put you in touch with Nicole at G4 Claims. Nicole, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. How about you? Oh, top of the world. Can be better? I was just uh, saying off air there that I love the big G4 claims at Ibrooks, the big board. Well, you were, mate. You were saying off air, you seen the big G4S. I don't know. <laughs> 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 yeah, sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. I'm doing, I'm doing this bit, Bob. Just stop. <laughs> Accidents happen. <laughs> <laughs> I teed her up. I teed her up. Who can help with an accident, boys? Four claims. Four claims. Right. So if you're involved in any sort of accident, I kind of had said last week as well that I think we should try something new where maybe I'm telling you about different scenarios and different things that my customers have fought me in with that I've been able to help with. So one that we actually had this week was someone who was driving their recovery truck. So they've got their recovery truck, they're driving along the road, they've got someone's vehicle in the back, they're trying to help someone else and boom, someone crashes into them, damages their truck. This is their livelihood, they're self-employed, this is their business, they need to get back on the road. Guess who helped? G4 Claims. You can cover any sort of vehicle, prestige, mainstream, commercial, we can cover that. We'll source that for you to make sure you're back on the road. You're not losing any money. I know what it's like now with COVID and everything. People are already down in cash. They want to make sure that if they've got a job, they can get out there and they can do it. And we're going to help with that. So we provide you with a like-for-like like compatible vehicle to your own vehicle. We'll get your vehicle repaired, recovered from the scene of the accident, whatever you may need. We'll get all of that sorted for you. If your vehicle is written off, we'll recover the pre-accident value for your vehicle. We'll make sure you're totally, totally sorted. If you're injured at all from the accident, we'll recover your um, compensation for your injuries. And all my services are free of charge. They're all billed to the at-fault insurance. I will never, ever, ever bill you guys. If I can't help you, I'll give you the best advice possible and I'll show you where to go. I'll never bill you for my services. So it's G4 Claims. It's... um, 01698-767-172. We're on all platform social medias. It's G4 Claims, not a full claims. Football daft with G4 Claims. Been involved in a road traffic accident? Call them now on 01698-767-172. Hello, folks. Let's welcome a star of the screen. He's starred in films such as Filth. Stan and Ollie, but is probably best known for his role in River City or as Naveed from Still Game. It is the one and only Sanjeev Kohli. Sanjeev, thank you very much for coming on the show today. Thank you, and also thank you for mentioning, mentioning Filth, because <laughs> I get cut, but I'm on the DVD extras. I was yeah. going to say, I don't remember uh, you being in Filth. Thanks, thanks for that, John. No worries. No, no, the thing is, no, no, the thing is, is that if you, if you, if you watch a DVD, remember DVDs, kids? Yes. Uh, I'm, I'm on the extras and I'm in the credits. And it was one of my favourite ever jobs because I got to meet James McAvoy and mm-hmm. Eddie Marsan and um, Jim Broadbent and um, loads of lovely people. And uh, what, did you, what did you do in Filth? What were you meant to be in? So basically, Filth is an Irvin Welsh book, which I'd actually right. read before I saw the film. And I don't read that many books, I should read more. But it's about this horrible, horrible cop called Bruce Robinson. I mean, he's like almost irredeemable. Right. Uh, and he just, he just, he just messes around with people's lives. So he's on this flight to Amsterdam 
and he's getting really leery on the flight, really sweary. And this American tourist says to him, I don't, I don't care for your language, friend. And he says, excuse me, I'm an undercover cop, right? Uh, I'm trying to inveigle myself into, and he points to these two Asian businessmen. See those two businessmen there? I'm tailing them. I'm trying to get myself oh, undercover to get close to them. That's why I'm speaking like this. And they're actually, uh, they're known pedophiles. They run a pedophile ring. So I, I, I'll thank you not to get involved in police business. And so he says, oh, I'm really sorry, I'm really sorry. And then later on in the airport, um, uh, the big American tourist comes and confronts me and tries to fight with me. He says, I know what you are. I know what you are sort of thing. So it's a really, really brilliant scene that's on the DVD extras. Wow. Well, I, 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 you I, an addition for that, bottles? Bob? No. What? You not get an addition for that? Nah, mate, I was busy. I had, I had 12 ah. scenes that week when I was filming in another city. Well, no, can, I tell you, can I tell you why I got that gig? <laughs> I got that gig because the director is a brilliant, bright, brilliant guy called John Baird who directed oh, Stan and Ollie. And he's a big Steel Game fan. So Great. he had, uh, he'd asked me, he said, look, it's only a wee part, but do you want to be in a film with James McAvoy? And it's, uh, and it's an Urban Wells script. I said, yeah, I want to be in a film with Jesus McAvoy with an Urban Wells script. And Eddie Marsland's in it. Yeah, I want to be in that film. Um, oh, yeah. And he was so apologetic when they had to cut the scene because it's one of those ones where it was it was just a time thing. Um, I mean, I thought I was the best thing in it. But, yeah. you know. I've got a question, right? I've, this, is, this is a question I thought right? Right. right? See see that there? You said the director loves still game, right? What's the, what's the biggest thing that you've they're the best thing that you can go wow that's happened to me because I still gave it doesn't need, need to be a job but maybe it's something like maybe something happening uh, you know getting an upgrade in a plane or something is there anything out there where you thought to yourself wow man that still uh, game really paid off I'm just thinking that because there's been sort of few wee things like I remember I remember going I think I'd gone to look at a car at the um, the Phoenix garage in 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 White Inch and there's a wee there's a wee van there there's burgers and that and I, I was really starving so I went to get a bacon roll. <laughs> And she put it in there, and I went to pay for it. She says, no, that, that one's on us for making everyone laugh. Oh, that CB things are nice, isn't it? Oh, no, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. I'm, it's I, I'm, sure, I'm sure I've had freebies out of Greg's and that. And um, right. just trying to think that the biggest thing. Um, never yeah, I thought you were going to say you got a motor there. To I, know. <laughs> so did I. I know. I know. That's, what, that's what that was going, but no, no, sadly not. <laughs> no, 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 there was. Actually, I tell you, one thing that happened, it, it's, it's not, the thing is, it's not still game. It was, um, I kind of got a treadmill for free, but that wasn't really a still game thing. So that's that's not strictly true. But, you know, a, a, a guy got in touch on Facebook and said, look, massive fan, massive fan. Um, I sell tropical fish tanks. Would you come, would you come and uh, do, we're doing a relaunch of our shop. And if you come and relaunch the shop, I'll get you a, 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 bang, a bang up to date tropical fish tank. Um, and I, I declined, it was a very kind offer, but I'm just not, I'm just not that into fish. So, um, yeah. But yeah, it's, do you know what? It's, um, it's the goodwill that it gets you. Right. It's the fact that I reckon, I honestly reckon, I'm probably tempted to debate now. I reckon I, I would always have honours in a fight because I still Aye. game, because it's got, it's got such a, a kind of blanket appeal that there'll tend to be people that will do, wait a minute, that's the guy that's still game. On the flip side, because mm. you've been in still game, you probably would never end up in a fight either. Mm. Possibly, yeah. Also, given that I'm the I'm the most cowardly, I couldn't punch a hole in the meringue. I'm awful. I've never been in a fight. I know I, I know how to avoid them. He's okay. telling lies, man. You should see him playing fives. He's an absolute destroyer. Plus, he, <laughs> hangs, he, hangs, he hangs about with Jordan Young and all. You'll know when he fight MD, he'll kick fuck out everybody for him. <laughs> well, thing is, do you know when I did that two-footed tackle and still game? Do you know the walking football episode, right? Aye. Aye. What's hilarious about that is, Stephen, you know this. That's not how I play football. I'm very low impact, am I not? 
I mean, I'll maybe tip your heels, but only because you're too quick for me. I'm never ever going to be on the deck, am I? No. My shirts, my shorts are always immaculate. Aye, aye, sw- aye. I sweat horribly. I start to sweat, honestly. <laughs> Even when I'm really fit, honestly, you could grow rice. I sweat so much. It's just <laughs> grow rice on me. It's not a pretty sight. Touching, touching on football, Sanj, obviously, you're a good, you're a good Celtic man like myself. Aye. What, what brought you? What indoctrinated you into Celtic? Going to, going to a Catholic school. I said, had, a big, had, had a lot to do with it. Um, <laughs> I so it's a weird one because so we come to Glasgow when I'm five years old and I love football, but I don't have a team. My dad's not interested in the slightest, so I kind of have a pick of teams, you know, and go for Rangers, I go for Celtic, go for Thistle, even if I wanted to go for St. Mirren, you know, Morton Green, it's not that far away, mm-hmm. uh, Mary Hill Juniors. Um, <laughs> but I, I end up going to Catholic school and um. Partly as well because I know that the, you know, Celtic was originally set up to serve the Irish community in Glasgow. And I would love for there to be a similar thing for the Asian community in Glasgow. I'm still waiting for there to but, be the first Scottish Asian why don't, why don't you start it yourself? Can't be asked. All right, fair <laughs> enough. No, no, but I um, <laughs> Do you know what? I, the, the number of Asians I know that play five... Um, do you remember a guy called Jazz Jutler? He used to be... Aye! aye. He played Rangers Reserves. He was a captain of the Rangers mm-hmm. Reserves. Mm-hmm. He was, he used aye, to really, you're going to be a Polishman. I think he had to in the end because his knee gave him jit. But he was like the they, they had big plans for him. He was like guys and all that. Aye, aye, aye. Aye. I, I think he went to Morton and aye. then and then I think he might be a cop now. But I'm pretty sure that he grew up in Bishop Briggs where I grew up. I, I think he was cousins with pals of ours, and I met him a couple of times. Lovely guy. Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking, I really want him to do well, just aye. because there was all these reasons. The thing is, is that I always I've got this theory. The reason there aren't any Asian footballers yet is that. To become a footballer, your parents have to be really into football because they're the ones that take you to training. They're the ones that are buying the expensive boots. They're the ones that are out four days a week, taking you here, then everywhere. If your parents are into it, you, you're just not going to be able to pursue a career. So I guess my generation are the first generation to be totally into football. So it'll be my children's generation that will be the first, actually. And mm. this, is, this is actually very, this is very salient. Um, so I'm 50. I turned 50 last year, right? Uh, and um, my boy, he's 14 now. And uh, he really loves his football and he plays for, for Broomhill Sports Club and, he, and, he, and he's a good wee player. And my ambition was to keep playing football until I could invite him along to our games. Now, I had 16 or 17 in my head because mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the youngest player I played with was 16 or 17, someone's son, right, at sevens or whatever. Right. Now, the other night, playing fives at Fair Hill Monday night, we were desperately short of players. It was a bit of a COVID ping situation, right? So everyone in the group, you know what it's like scrabbling about for plus ones? And I said to Vinny, right, you're getting promoted, you fancy a game. And he was absolutely shiting it. He scored five goals. Brilliant. So right. my boy is, I think he'll be the generation, it'll be his generation. I mean, it'd, be, it'd be great if it was him, but I think it'll be one of his generation that'll be the kind of, the, 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 the I was going to say towel holder, I mean candle holder for um, for uh, Scottish Asian footballers. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to that day. Did you say your boy's name is Vinny? That's right, aye. Vinny Coley's a footballer name and all that. Vinny, Vinny Coley. Aye, Vinnie Coley sounds right, doesn't it? And also, Aye. everyone thinks everyone says, "Oh, do you name after Vinnie Jones?" Who would name their kid after Vinnie Jones? <laughs> <laughs> the thing about the name Vinnie is, I'll tell you where I got it from. We were um, when I was at uni, uh, at Glasgow Uni, thirty years ago. There was this really handsome Asian guy, right? Really handsome, but he was a bit Bollywood, you know. He had this kind of quite, quite big hair, and he had these he had this red jacket with boxy shoulders, a bit Bollywood. And um, I remember thinking, oh, he's quite a charismatic guy, but I'm a bit Bollywood. 
and uh, found out his name was Vinny. I thought, oh, what an arsehole, giving himself an Italian name. That's a bit. <laughs> that's a bit of a thing, you know. There are Asian guys who call themselves Rocky, right? <laughs> so then I find out that his name is Vinny, and it's spelled V-I-N-A-Y, and it's actually an ancient Indian name, like a proper ah, dish. Right, so cool. I, that, that went in the hard drive. So that's why my boy is called Vinny. So he's not. And is, is your boy V-I-N-A-Y as well? Yes, he, he is. I. Right, but see, I always see the cynical side of things, right? Like the business side of things now. It baffles me why there hasn't been a team that even have bought a Scottish team that have bought yeah. like an, an Asian player. Just in terms to, of the market to, to exploit. I, to, it opens mm. up such a huge market, you know, yeah. and it, it baffles me like there's never been any like Indian players mm. coming to right. Celtic or Rangers or anything like that, you know? You're absolutely right. I mean, did you watch the, the Real Kashmir? Oh, I loved oh, it. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. loved it. Brilliant. How much you love Davy Robertson as well? Oh, yeah. Did we not? Did we not have somebody come on the open line that had played for Real Kashmir or something like that? No, you had David Robertson on the show before we started. Aye, we did. it was when he was. It was during their um, their their they had stopped for the season, wasn't it, John? David Robertson. Yeah, no, that was like it was like it was a couple of years back. Yeah, I David Robertson came on in close season, and he just came over. And all he wanted to get was I remember it, Iron Brew I, pastels. He put me onto them, by the way, because I've never I, tried I, them before. I've tried. I, I've got them. I've got them in the glove compartment of my car. They're amazing. The two ones. They're superb. Wow, but see what I loved about the the documentary. Obviously, it showed everything, but it was the fact that he was over there. And he was on like the same wage as a postman or something like aye, that. He was aye, totally yeah. doing it for the love of the game and yeah. getting experience and stuff like that. But that was a mega eye opener watching that. I can yeah. believe oh, some aye. of the sites haven't to stop training because of the the shootings and, and everything know. like that. I know. It would be it would be you quicker though, wouldn't it? <laughs> I mean, you you, be... no. The biggest thing was the the, the Wi Fi. I couldn't cope with that. I, <laughs> I know. I, that was. I, I know what you mean. Because do you not remember though. Was it not like they were trying to find out like? Had there not been some kind of incident and they couldn't His find wife out couldn't he... get in touch to, to, yeah. to find out if he was safe. Yeah. Aye, that's right. Yeah. But speaking about, is I know, is I know the, I'm sure Rangers signed an Indian uh, player for the women's team last year, but I don't think she, I don't think she signed on for this season, but I'm sure. Aye, she, she's left. She's just left. She was, Aye. she was something else, man. Yeah. She was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I know, yeah. I know that's not the first thing you should say about a footballer. But I be honest and I'll say the same about Jack Grealish. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh my god, the, the, the cars on that boy. Aye. <laughs> oh my god. hundred million but that's mental. And that's insane. That's cheap for those cars. Sanjeev, did, did you so did you live in India till you were five? No, no, no. Lived in London. That's worse. All oh, right, right. Born right. in London. That's why I've got this weird kind of anglified accent. Aye. So when I say word or bird or herd, Aye. it should be words, bird, herd. But I've maintained that from. I was three actually when we left London, but I've maintained that we um, anomaly. But it was dead embarrassing on the bus because I was totally like a single ticket to Bishop Briggs, please. It's <laughs> a to overcompensate because I also had my wee stupid St. Aloysius uniform on. I'm there like little Lord Fauntleroy with my national glasses and my blazer and my wee English accent. I thought, Christ, could, could I be more of a target? So I thought I'll work on the accent first, but um, I managed to somehow. I'll never, I'll never know how you've made it to the age you've made it to me. I, I swear, honestly, Chris, I don't know either. I think that's why I'm in comedy. I think it's because 
if you're an outsider in any way, you just have a very, very different... You only have to be two degrees to the left to see reality in a slightly different way, and that's enough for comedy, because that's what comedy is. It's just what Billy Connolly's really good at doing. It's like, how come I never noticed that before? Why did Billy Connolly notice it? It's because he's just a wee bit to the left. And, you know, like I was basically, I was... um, We were the first Asian family in our street. Uh, I was also getting, you know, I would... I would go to weddings in London, they'd call me jock, right? So I'm getting flack from the Asians in London and I'm getting flack here. I'm, I also get sent to Catholic school. I'm one of three non-Catholics in the place. I can't even do communion, confession or confirmation. I actually, I'm sitting there while everyone's clambering over me to get con- communion. And as they clamber over me, they say, heathen, heathen, heathen. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just feel like an outsider. But you're not, I mean, I'm, I'm saying that, I'm not, I'm not worried about it because you know, it's not that you feel like an outsider as such. I had a very, very privileged upbringing. I grew up in Span Valley and I went to private school. Don't get me wrong. But it does give you this outsider's perspective, which has actually been really good for my career. So Aye. I kind of complain. Absolutely. So getting back to the football, um, who's your favourite Celtic player of all time? Of all time? Um, I mean, it's, it's hard to see past Henrik. Um, but, you know, Shane Duffy. <laughs> but that, that's my answer. That's your answer. I agree, don't Stephen. That's your answer. No, I think I, I only ever got. I mean, I don't go to Parkhead much, but I went to the cup final in I can't remember what year it was. It two thousand six, and uh, just watching Henry up close, it's like, oh my god, you, you just appreciate it all the more. Aye. I mean, it's all the obvious ones, isn't it? Like I, I watched a brilliant documentary about Jimmy Johnson last night that was on BBC Alba, and. I would love to see now he would have coped Fuck's now. sake, he speaks Gaelic and all. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Again, he could probably sing as well. Um, but he, um, <laughs> but he, you know, he used to get kicked up and down the park, black and blue, Aye. and it didn't seem to be much to him, but he was clearly just made of steel. Aye. And uh, what a player, uh, Moravchik. I was, do you know what? Like, In terms of playing football, I mean, when I play football, I'd like to play like someone like Petrov or Stuart Armstrong. I quite like box-to-box players. Yeah. I quite... I'm not actually about scoring goals, which is a good job. Am I right, Stephen? But um, <laughs> I, I, I like the midfield powerhouses. Um, Paul McStay, so, you know, I mean, what a Aye. player. So I, I, I quite like the mid Mravchik, you know. Um, yep. I, li- I like the powerful midfielders, but um, I, I don't think they get much better than, than Henrik Larsson. Mravchik was like, I remember when you signed him, man. He was, he was just class. He was just really? a magician, wasn't he? A magician. Aye, class. You know what? Uh, 350,000 for a 35-year-old Slovakian at the time. Aye. I know. And I, I know. remember my mate phoning me and going, oh, this Dr. Joe's signed some 35-year-old <laughs> Slovakian jobber. Do you know what Aye. I mean? And he was no bad but was he, man? First game, he trapped the ball with his arse on the touchline and I was like, oh, this guy is tremendous. What's your favourite memory, Sands? Looking back, Celtic memory, what's your favourite... Well, there was the um, the day I got married. This is a weird one because I wasn't at the game. I didn't even see the game live. But um, I got married on the 26th of August, 2000, right? And me and my missus were, were posing for photos at, out the front of what is now the... It used to be the motor house. What is it now? The Crown Plaza. Yes. Because that's where our reception was going to be. Mm-hmm. And busloads of fans are going past and they're going mental. And it's Celtic fans. Was it the and that was a six-two game. game. Aye. That was a six-two oh, game. I so I, I just have really strong and fond memories of that because it was the day I got married, and Dang. and then you watch the game as well. It was a brilliant game, even for the neutrals. A brilliant game, but that was also heralding the Martin O'Neill era, and obviously Aye. it'd been it'd been a tough time to be a Celtic fan in the preceding years, apart from you know stopping the ten in a row. But then it wasn't. Aye. 
you know, then Martin O'Neill came and that was the start of a very solid era for Celtic. And then obviously the UEFA Cup final um, was, you know, mm-hmm. was, was, was amazing. I mean, you think back as well, I know that the, the Europa League gets short shrift, but the fact was Celtic nearly took Mourinho's Porto, who then went on to win the Champions League. So right. now you have to say that was quite an achievement. Uh, but I, my favourite Celtic memory isn't actually a football game. It's um, there was a I, I got uh, it, it was the fiftieth uh, anniversary of the Lisbon Lions, right? And I got a, quite a late call for it. So basically, they said, "Look, cards on the table." Kevin Bridges has had to pull out because mm-hmm. he was doing a thing because President Obama was in town, right? Yeah. So he got wow. he got whisked off to do that. They've got the LRC sat on. That's a fucking problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell him you said that. And um, <laughs> so he said, "Would you would you mind coming and just doing like a couple of minutes to introduce as Rod Stewart or something?" I said, "Of course, I'd love to do that." So um, this was whatever year that was, fifty years past sixty-seven. So yeah, four four years ago now. Aye. Mm-hmm. And what a great night it was! Just like all the surviving lines were there, and like Kenny Dalglish came, Gordon Strack and. Um, is that the year uh, Alec Ferguson? Alex Ferguson. Yeah, he didn't uh, hang in the hydro. Oh, it was magic. It was magic. Right. It was such a great night. And I got to go on stage and I got to do, a two, I got to do two jokes. I said, who doesn't love the Lisbon Lions? Everyone loves the Lisbon Lions. Well, I say that. Everyone except Mina. And then I dropped into the beat. <laughs> I said, Mina hates the Lisbon Lions. I said, why? Who hates the Lisbon Lions? I said, I hate the Lisbon Lions. <laughs> and I said, why do you hate the Lisbon Lions? And she said, because they ruined our holiday. I said, what holiday? She said, Sri Lanka, they bombed the bloody airport. I said, that's a Tamil Tigers, you dozy bastard. <laughs> <laughs> and then they did my other joke. I said, because that was the year that uh, um, that Brendan Rodgers had done 100 plus points, 100 plus goals, the unbeaten, unbeaten all season. So I said, I, I, think, I think that Brendan Rodgers is a superhero, you know, 100 plus goals, 100 plus points, unbeaten all season. But more to the point, he's the only human being to kiss Lee Griffiths and not get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> because there was, he famously like had to fall out with Lee Griffiths and then he pulled him in and kissed him. Uh, and that, people laughed for about a minute. <laughs> I was going to say, how like, did that go down, mate? Oh, no. And then <laughs> Brendan Rogers was next on stage after me. So when I went back, he had this, this, that amazing white smile <laughs> lit up the hydro. I thought, oh, thank Christ, I haven't, I haven't um, offended him. Because I'd never met Brendan. I still haven't properly met Brendan Rogers. Um, before or since so that, that night was amazing I, I was going down the stairs down the escalator uh, um, in, in the in the moat house where was the kind of the build that was happening and Bobby Lennox is waving at me and I said Bobby Lennox doesn't I went and said you don't wave at me I wave at you mm-hmm. that's not the that's not the power relationship here he's such a <laughs> lovely such a lovely humble man you know he's so, a great guy oh he's a great guy and I met like Jackie McNamara Roy Aitken Christ I mean it was um, it was a beautiful night I have you been on a plane with him? Anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what do you make you big Ange then? Um I think I don't I don't see him lasting the season. I think he, he's very outspoken and clearly, you know, he's already said uh this wasn't the plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was hoping for some more players by now. Um I, I, I think the way the Celtic board are running things, I think they wanted a yes man and I don't think they've got a yes man. I think maybe they thought if they got someone, well, obviously he wasn't plan A for a start, right? But I think they possibly hope, well, if it's someone with, with a lower profile that has more to prove, then he might just go along with what we're doing. But I, right. I think maybe he's got a bit more to say about it. I know. I, frankly, it's a disaster. Man. It's a disaster. I, and I don't blame him for it. I don't blame him for it because he's, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I wish him all the best. And Christ, if he turns Celtic season round, then obviously I'll be happy. 
but yeah, I, I don't think he's proved himself at the right level yet. I mean, maybe maybe he is at the right level, and he, you know, and we're lucky we got him when we did. But you can't bring him in and then not give him anything to play with. So, do you, do you think it's, it's funny you say that as well? We never even spoke about this before, but the two signings as well. Told you, think. Do you think that's that that's came for the board day two signings because is Ange went out his way? Obviously, there's Joe Hart. He's a you know, I mean, world famous goalkeeper. You should say seventy odd caps. But to me, that's a kind of it's a signing with the board to kind of keep fans happy rather than what Ange wants to who Ange wants to buy. Come on, mate. He's not came from outer space. <laughs> you think he doesn't know who Joe Hart and fucking James McCarthy are? No, I'm, no, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, but he, it doesn't. It doesn't. See, you know, it doesn't feel like a, a, the two players that he would Do you go know for what? first. I think, I think it, Joe Hart's probably um, he's seen that we'll, we need a goalie, right? And every team are going to have their their, uh, their scouting staff and stuff like that. And uh, Joe Hart luckily became available, and we've managed to get him in. I think James McCarthy's probably more of one that's it's a kind of, for want of a better phrase, a kind of jobs for the boys. And he's a select fan that. Mm. Uh, He's what we're, what we're lacking, to be honest with you, in yeah, the middle of yeah. that park. He definitely mm. is what we're lacking, but we just need to be able to get him fit. And, and make keep him fit. Aye, exactly. Exactly, Stephen. So I don't know whether... I, 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 what I will say is I think Ange would probably have the final say on the mm. signings. You know what I mean? But um, there's going to be people in the background working on players that are available and they'll then bring them to him. And if he wants to sign them, then it's up to him. Well, look at the recruitment policy we've had for the last year. I mean, every single one's been pretty much... I mean, you can't say any of them have been successful, can we? No. I mean, maybe only Elianusi. Well, you've got Turnbull as well, but I don't think Turnbull's going to really fit into this system that we're playing. Mm. Um, Hopefully I'm wrong, but I'd I'd like to see him... uh, Further his career, but if he if he stagnates here and he doesn't he doesn't fit into that system, then I I agree with you. La- the last few uh, transfer windows, Sanjeev, have been an absolute shambles. Sorry, me on you go. I was going to yeah, look over the road at, at Ibrox, and I know someone that works at Rangers, and I said to him, "Look, what's happening, with Nathan Parson? Do you think he'll stay?" And he said, well, Stephen Gerrard adores him and wants to keep him on. In fact, they're looking at ways that they can play Parson and um, Aye, to have together. To have together. Aye. And that, I suppose, similar to the way that they, that Tierney and Robertson can play for Scotland. Aye. Yeah. And I thought, that's a scary prospect. I don't particularly want to see that, you know, look down the barrel of that. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously, for most positions for Rangers, they've got backup and Celtic just don't have that. I mean, nice, yeah. we bought, you know, Starfelt in, obviously, um, made a couple of howlers. But the thing is, I, I think it takes at least half a season for a back four to gel anyway. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've sort of written this season off. Because look, the nine in rows away, that's done. That bubble's burst. We're sort of rebuilding from the bottom eight months after we probably should have. I'm kind of writing the season off because a back, you know, Martin O'Neill is a perfect example of that. You know, he built from the back forwards and we don't mm-hmm. have a back line just now. We well, just that's, don't. That's what I said to Stephen. Stephen was saying about the Hearts game and I says it's going to take time. Mm. And I, I'd love to think that they will give him time. My, my thought... For us to have a successful season this year, in my eyes, is the manager still being there at the start of next season? Yeah, yeah. I think you're right, actually. I think you're absolutely right. Because, um, again, because the nine rows away, I don't know if the Celtic board are thinking, they're going to look, because they've already advertised the European game, 19 quid per ticket, and that's Mm -hmm. caused uproar. So are they just thinking, right, as long as the money still comes in, 
we can keep, you know, like experimenting with managers because the nine rule is gone anyway. Exactly. Are they that bothered about silverware? Or I, I, I don't know what goes. I, I really else. hope. I really hope there's a, that, that there is an uptake on it. But it's a, you know what? It's, it's bold as brass charging for this first game back, man. Yeah. It's bold as. It really is. Brass. The, the, Especially when the, the the fans have had to watch on the telly yeah. last year while they're still paid for a season ticket. Yeah. So this was the chance to show a bit of goodwill, wasn't it? And, I, um, yeah, that's I think, a, that's they've not read the room. They've not read the room. I don't think. I don't think they ever read the room. I think they're a bunch of fucking entitled Tory bastards <laughs> that fucking think that they know better. When when see, really this is my don't. this is my problem with you, Chris. You never really see what you mean. <laughs> but, Honestly, was just getting to the point where I'm like, he's going to blow in a minute. They might be. <laughs> I know. I know. Do you know what I mean, Gado? Yeah, mate, he's need a wee drink of juice, man. Aye, aye. I've just ran out, man. I've got a fancy bottle now. Do you know what the most annoying thing about last season was? Well, there's many annoying things, right? But it wasn't even interesting. Rangers won it in March. I know. You know? I mean, for me, a successful season will be if we challenge Rangers to the last game. But I can't see Rangers not winning this season. I've kind, Like I say, I've kind of written off. But I would like to see... There are people saying ourselves they're going to finish second, even. Do you know what? I've seen seen somebody, um, I think it was actually Tam Cowan, he put out what he thinks the season will be, and he's got Aberdeen finishing second. Mm -hmm. No chance, man. No chance. That's Rangers' spot. (laughs) Mate. I clip that wee bit, John. Aye, clip that wee bit. Put yeah, that in a wee parcel and leave that for next year, John. That's good. Talking a lot of shit again. Have I done it again? Funny be curtains for me, shit. Aye. Anyway, Sanj, you got turned into a football chant. Am I right? Remember? Yes. Aye. Yes. Talk us through Aye. that. Talk us through okay. that. I remember that. So I've been. Um, my brother-in-law, Steve, uh, Steve Prince, Stephen Linda, uh, they're heavily involved with Brohill Sports Club, mm-hmm. and. So, you know, my kids have all been through it. So my girls did netball with it and my, bro- my boy still plays football with them. And they uh, had a semi-professional team that they've had it for the last few years. Was it four or five years? So last year, um, they get to play Hibs in the Scottish Cup in the fourth round. So uh, um, the game was at Aloha. And um, so I went along and the, and the young team, <laughs> all West Enders from Glasgow went and... Uh, and they, they were, they were. I, mean, I have to say, it was, it was hilarious. It was completely nihilistic football chanting going on, calling Jack Ross for all kinds of things, which I will repeat, and all of them <laughs> untrue. Um, and also, also Marciano, the keeper, getting it tight for absolutely no reason whatsoever. But that's not the point. <laughs> but then at one point, um, and, and I know the guy who started it because I think he goes to school with my daughters. I hear this, this, this chant going, um, you've got proclaimers, but we've got Navid. You've got proclaimers. So there's a film of me jumping about with a guy in a That's brother saw that. I know. It, so it, was, it was a lovely moment. It was a lovely moment. We got beat for one, but you know. Um, <laughs> but it was a nice moment. It was a nice. Moment. I remember just like flicking through Twitter and just seeing you, mate. You, it was like you were tapping into some football casual days. You were getting right in about it, man. And you I were know, and I, I had this. I had this puffer jacket, yeah, which could have been considered as a ski jacket. It was almost like I was. I was ICF night and night rubbing the seats. This is funny, man. I'm watching it. Now. You watch it. It was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> You're right in a boot on that, man. And the thing was, the proclaimers were at the game and they were really unhappy. <laughs> Craig, Craig, doesn't mean, take, Craig doesn't take my calls anymore. Was it like, was it kind of football factory esque? After it, he's me up and all that. And an oh, aye, oh, like... aye, oh, there's a big old rumble behind the, the skip behind Aldi. 
Oh, Never eaten open fucking the proclaimers. Oh, that was it. Aye, aye. Well, that way that was I was pummeling Craig like that. Says, take that, Craig. Take that, Craig. He's like, I'm Charlie. I'm Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> no, this genuinely, so just genuinely happened, right? The sunshine underneath the film, right? Um, uh, I wasn't in it, but um, I know the producers really well, so I got invited to a premiere in Edinburgh, and Peter Mullen was there, mm-hmm. and I know Peter a wee bit. Lovely guy. And he was leathered and he, and he came up to me. And the proclaimers were there. And Peter came up to me and says, Shange, mate, can you help me out? Which one's fucking Craig? <laughs> <laughs> I said to Peter, Peter, Craig's got a black mark behind his right knee. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but are we. Class, man. So, Shange, see when you were only, see like when still game was happening, there was a much football chat there. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's Ford has absolutely zero interest in football. Aye. And I asked him about it once. He said, it's just, he, he grew up in the Gang Guard and he said, you see seeing people getting knifed over football every other Saturday. So it just, he said, I that's, wasn't That's where my dad's pub were. Is that right? Eh? <laughs> Which pub was it? Yeah, it was, it was called the Big Glen. It's called the Gang Guard now. You're kidding. No, that's not, Ford's, got, Ford's, got, Ford's got loads of stories from that neck of the woods. He, he tells us, he used to tell the story about... Um, I think I don't know if it was specifically in that neck of the woods or maybe just like near the bars or whatever, but mm-hmm. it was the butchers. And he said it used to sell lair. Have you heard of lair? No. They said, what's lair? And apparently what it is is it's the lining of a cow's lung, right? And what you I know, and what you do to it is you pour hot water onto it and it inflates and then you slice it off and you fry it. And you oh. put it in, I know. Oh, it sounds horrendous. Horrendous. Yeah. So so Ford was more interested in butchering than football. <laughs> uh, I mean, Greg, Greg's, Greg's a Celtic fan. I, mean, I, I worked with him on the very, very, very first season of Off the Ball. So Greg mm-hmm. used to present it, and it was me and Tam Cowan and Ian Ross that were kind of like the, the regular zoo guests. So Greg, Greg was a bit like me. He's a Celtic fan, but a bit of a plastic Celtic fan. You know what I mean? Nice. Um, and uh, um, Paul and Mark are, are both Celtic fans. Gav has got no interest in football. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, I mean, it's pretty much, I mean, Paul is a big Celtic fan. I mean, I remember when we had the um, the UEFA Cup run, he was, I think he went to a few of the games. And did he go to the final? I think he, he might have done, you know. So I, think I've seen, I think I've seen photos of him in Seville. Like, I think, like, oh. I think mm-hmm. Paul's probably the, the most diehard Celtic fan. Um, mm-hmm. Just coincidentally, there are no Rangers fans in the Stoking production. I don't know. I don't ever get a part in any series, man. It's fucking amazing sense now. I remember, I remember years ago, my agent phoned me up and I missed the phone call. Now that way, if you came off, I came off set and I had a missed call and it was my agent. That way, you just get really excited, man. I was like, fucking right, blah, blah, blah. Listened to the voicemail, phoned her back, man. Mentioned still game. I was like, right, buzzing, man. Got to the end of the conversation. It was the voiceover for the BBC to introduce still game on the telly oh, for an advert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I turned up for it. I turned up today, I was like, and here's I Navid and um, <laughs> Warren Valerius, I was like, I just want to be in it. I don't want to be fucking introducing it. <laughs> I still done the gig. Of course you did. Uh, no, of course, um, man. Of course. Yeah, he's still keep in touch, Sanch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Greg used to live over the road, but he he's he's still in the neighbourhood, but um no longer actual neighbours. Because uh, we, um, me and Fiona and Greg and Julia are dead close because their Benny and my Ruby were actually due on the same day, mm-hmm. the twelfth of July, two thousand. Twelfth of July. <laughs> nice. I know. But by the way, have you seen the size of Benny now? Oh my God! 
He Jesus. is a he's, a he's a big friendly monster, isn't he, Benny? Aye, he's, he's a, a lovely, lovely boy, boy. lovely boy. <laughs> so he was due. They were both due on the twelfth of July, but they don't make bowler hats that small. So Benny <laughs> Benny arrived a day early, and my Ruby arrived eleven days late. But the laws are that common that were meant to arrive, and they both turned twenty just like, like uh, uh, last brilliant. month. So um, so we're, we're dead tight. Uh, Paul lives pretty close by. Gav is a wee bit further away. Um, I mean, just because of COVID and stuff, we've not seen each other much. Of course. Uh, James stays out Kings Parkway and, um, and and Mark stays uh, south side. So, but we're still in touch. We've still got a, we've got a group chat and uh, um, yeah, it's uh, it's, uh, it's good fun. It's a great bunch of people. I remember um, who was talking about it. It was one of the Spice Girls was talking about it. He said, it doesn't matter what happens. I can always talk to one or the other of, of the Spice Girls and, and only they will really know what I'm talking about because they were Spice Girls and I sort of feel the same. That way they sell Game Boys. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I mean? It's, um, it's, a, lovely, it's a lovely position. It's like when like, people go to war. <laughs> Pretty uh, what much. About, what about mm-hmm. the war? I don't talk about it. Exactly. Exactly. It's exactly what it's like. <laughs> so, obviously, Sanj, I know I'll probably see you kicking about down in Shield Inch once we return filming, but... Right. What else is in the pipeline for yourself, acting-wise? Well, actually, at the minute, um, in fact, this morning, even writing series 10 of Fags, Mags and Bags, so that's what we do for comedy. So, um, Why has it never been made into a show? Oh, Christ. Oh, I wish I knew, because I think that... I think it would would translate well to a TV show. 100%. What I think think is, whether you like it or not, everyone loves the corner shop. Everyone, like, we talk about things about the Wall of Crisps and the Chocolate Stanchion and the Cardacel. Whenever you walk into one of those shops, you kind of instinctively know where the Brillo pads are, where the yep. black, where the milk tray right. is, where the crunchies are. It's a home from home, right. and also everyone has to go into a corner shop. If you, you know, if you, even if you were like, I was going to say Prince Andrew, maybe not Prince Andrew, if you were Prince Harry and you wanted a crunchy, okay, you'll send <laughs> someone. Exactly. You know, but you're not going to buy it online, is what I mean. I mean, you, you know, right. generally speaking, you're going to, and, and and it's always someone that's going to know your chat. I mean, if you go up the, the big Asda. You're generally served by someone different, if not a bloody robot. Whereas right. if you go to the corner shop, it's someone that's going to know your chat. And yeah. what fascinates me about corner shops is, is that the, the, the shopkeeper can guess your lifestyle from what you buy. So, right. you know, if you buy, like, for example, a bottle of Lucasade and, 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 and a box of chocolates, you're probably going in a hospital visit, right? Yep. And if you buy a, a tub of Utterly Butterly and a copy of Razzle, it's probably best not to ask. But, <laughs> but, but the, the shopkeeper knows your business whether they want to or not Aye. so there's that you have that connection so all these things I think are, we, we totally abuse them for comedy and Naveed Shop is still game it's only like two minutes a show but already people feel at home when they're in that shop so why can't you have half an hour in that shop I don't know, it's, you know, you know what? we've been trying to push it on the telly for, oh, for since 2007 and no joy I genuinely don't know why. I'm baffled as to why not. Aye. Because like you said, it's it's something that everybody's uh, got a connection to. Aye, 100%. You know, so I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I love doing it on the radio. And, you know, there's so much more you can get away with on the radio and so many more ideas you can do. Um, but I know what, you know, the, the, the boys that we've got cast playing my son. So Sushil that plays Alok and, uh, and Omar that plays mm-hmm. um, Sanjay. They look like what I want them to look like. You know what I mean? And I, 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 I sometimes think about what my character would like. I obviously have to try and make him look very different from the read. Because um, I remember someone saying to me, oh, right, I fags, mags and bags. That's the spin-off from the read, isn't it? I said, I've got more fucking range than that. You know I, mean? <laughs> I mean, I deliberately took all the bass out of my voice and made him like this rather than like this. 
but obviously I don't have as much range as I thought. Um, but uh, I would, no, I'd love to do it on the telly. Aye. So we'll see what happens. Well, mate, we will see, but I'll see you down in Shield Inge very soon. Very soon, man. very soon, my friend. But yeah. Sanj, you've been a great guest. But before you go, mate, every week on Football Daft, we put our guest Scottish football knowledge to the test with our 90-second quiz. Oofed. Right, here we go. <laughs> David Martindale <laughs> is top with a score of 16. Oofed. In joint, joint second, it's John Sutton, Chick Young, and Hamilton Scott Martin all on 15. Mark Wilson and Keith Lasley are third with 14. Other selected scores include Johnny Watson on 10, Jordan Young on 6, Greg Hempel on 5, and Barry from EastEnders on <laughs> 4. And at the bottom, it's singer-songwriter Callum Beatty just last week. He got you only one. got one? Only got, got one. one. Only got one. So is there oh. anybody on that board you want to beat, Sanj? I would like to beat Greg. Aye. Um, I'd, like, I'd like to get like low teens. That would be my ambition. Aye. I think. Oh, right. So you fancy your chances here it's then? It's 90 seconds, Sanj. You can't pass. You must <laughs> give an answer. If I give an answer. Okay. I forgot to tell Callum that last week and he was just sitting going, pass, pass. What are your questions? I'll I'll get a question. You should be called Callum Muzi. So who do you want? Do you want me there? Are you there? Ah, you do if you want. Right, okay, dokie then. John, do we have the do we have the seconds on the clock? We certainly do. Uh, hold on. <clears throat> right, I'll just go. <laughs> who are favourites to to win League One? Uh, Party Thistle. What are Arbroath's traditional home colours? Oh Christ! Is it um, black and white? Graham Dorans has just joined which Championship club? Uh, well, I'm going to guess West Bromwich Albion. Probably not. Name one of Hearts' scorers at the weekend. Oh, uh, Suter. How many seasons of still game were there? Seven. Who is Rangers number nine this season? Uh, I'm going to say Tavernier. Hammy the Hamster is which team's mascot? Uh, what nationality is Celtic keeper Vasilis Burkis? Greek. What was the name of your character in Lost at Christmas? Sid. Who is the current manager of Partick Fizzle? Uh, is it Ian McCall? Name one of the Scots in the GB Women's Olympic team. Uh, Louise McMenemy. Who plays their games at Recreation Park? Hello. Stung Albion. Celtic Europa League opponents, Jablonek, play in which country? Oh, God. Uh, Czech Republic. In which show did you play the character Jigar Tambi? Oh, Hobie City. What team are nicknamed the Blue Toon? Uh, it's not can be, can be. Which football team adopted one of Mental as Anything songs last season? Rangers. Who <laughs> are Montrose's biggest rivals? Oh, is that Brecon? By capacity, what is the largest football ground in Scotland? Pocket. I'm Louise McMenemy. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. The famous actress. <laughs> you can still answer that question if you want, Sandy. He answered it. He did. He answered it. He got answered it. But I just, I, I just, I just named an acting colleague. Oh God. Oh man! As soon as you gave my mouth, you answered a lot anyway. I thought we were going to make a question. I got all of them wrong, apart from the ones involving my career. What's that telling you? <laughs> I know, mate. And Celtic. Uh, jo- true, Johnny true. said Parkhead for that last one. He didn't see an acting call aye, in case you right. were getting mixed no, up. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, we'll go through hey, your wrong answers, Sanjay. Right, okay. uh, Favourites to win League One: Cove Rangers are both playing Maroon. Graham Dorns has just joined Dunfermline in the Championship. There was nine seasons of still game. Um, 
<laughs> Rangers number nine, Jermaine Defoe. Hammy the Hamster is Hamilton's mascot. Mm-hmm. Uh, well done and get your lost Christmas character right. That was said, of course. Uh, Caroline Weir or Kim Mutt, or you could have had for the Scots and the GB Women's team. Um, the Blue Toon are the name of Peter Heed. And Montrose's biggest rivals are our broth. However, however, you've done no bad. You have beaten Greg Hempel. Yes. You have beaten Jordan Young. Yes. You've got nine points. Yes. Oh, oh nice one. Oh, nice nice one. one the least plastic of the lovies. Brilliant, Sanj. Honestly, it's been a great chat. Thanks for coming home. We really appreciate it, Sanj. Oh, it was a great laugh, guys. Thanks to... Brilliant, Sanj. It was amazing. Thank you very much for coming on, pal. No bother at all. Bye-bye, See you later, mate. Bye-bye, Bye-bye. 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 B